0: Bidzy Small Business Society number 164 You're listening to Bidzy Small Business Society I'm Rob Beresoff We talk to small business owners about what makes their small business successful Connect with Bidzy Small Business Society at bidzi.com and grow your business Monthly subscriptions start at $14.99, that's $14.99 per month for unlimited access to new customers and unlimited bidding at Bidzy.com. Email rob at Bidzy.com for more details or start your 30-day free trial now at Bidzy.com. Thanks for listening to this episode of Bidzy Small Business Society. Today I am talking to Matt Kepnis. Matt is the founder of the award-winning travel site, Nomadic Matt, where he has helped millions of people travel around the world better, cheaper, and longer. In 2005, Matt quit his job, finished his MBA, and took a trip to Thailand that was supposed to last a year, but continues to this day. Matt shares his wisdom and knowledge in his New York Times best-selling book, How to Travel the World on $50 a Day. Welcome, Matt. Glad you took the time to join me today. Can you first tell our listeners more about yourself than about what projects you're working on today?
1: Hey, thanks for having me. Um, I think you really summed up lots of it right there. Yeah, you know, I quit my job, went for a year around the world, and just really kept on going uh, for the last 10 years, really. Now I live in Austin, though, so I'm, se- I'm only semi-nomadic.
0: <laughs> so you're in Austin today, is that right? Yeah,
1: yeah, it's where I call home.
0: Now, talk to the person in the cubicle right now, that person on the cusp of making that leap into traveling. Help them understand what you did to move out of the nine-to-five grind and into the travel lifestyle, Matt.
1: You know, I was, as you said, finishing an MBA, so I was, there was like a br- break in my life, right? I was leaving a job I didn't like. I was finishing an MBA, so there was that perfect moment where I could just, you know, say, okay, I'm going to go on a trip, and then I'm going to start my life, um, well, but turns out you don't really start life. life just happens. Um, you know, to them I would say you're gonna work till you're dead. like the old system of you know retire at sixty and live off a pension is is gone. where the way the world works now is you're working till you're dead. So why waste the good years uh, sitting behind a cubicle to have all the fun during? You know, when you're older and, you know, maybe not as healthy or not as energetic or maybe you don't have the money. Who knows? Who knows what the future holds? So why, why put off the fun stuff to some amorphous future that may not even happen? Could get hit by a bus on the way home from work.
0: I hear you, man. So talk more about why travel is important to you or why it's important to anyone for that matter. Why should we be traveling around the world? I don't know. Cause you want to, um, you know, I always find
1: those questions <laughs> a little weird, you know, for me, travel is fun. It's adventure. It's spontaneous. I don't like routine and, and there's no routine in travel. Every day is different. It's exciting. There is always something going on, right? Like you're in a new city. There's a million things to do. There's a million things to learn. It's, it's not like the 9 to 5, you know, where you wake up, you commute, you go to work, it's 5 o'clock, you try to get to the gym, you probably don't, and you repeat for five days. And then the two days you have off, you try to squeeze in everything else. Um, I like travel for those reasons. I also think it really opens your mind. You, know, you learn about how cultures do things how people interact with everything. You know, you, if the world is like a, a jigsaw puzzle, travel helps you put the pieces together and really get a better sense of us as a species and this planet as a whole.
0: Yeah, well said. I think. And you now you said it's different and exciting, different from that nine to five. Tell us a story. What was the most shocking thing that you've ever seen while traveling, Matt? Hmm. I don't know. No one's ever asked me what's shocking before. Um, I guess I don't really have
1: a story that's shocking, but I would say one. What well, first comes to mind when I think of you know this exciting adventure that is travel it is the month I spent living on an island, barefoot in Thailand. You know, I lost like my flip-flops, and I thought I was only going to stay for a couple of days. But this little island was just so amazing that I spent a month there, and I only left because I had to renew my visa. Otherwise, it probably would have stayed a lot longer. But that was just this really exciting, raw time where everything you dream about travel, that perfect place, those perfect people, those perfect moments, coalesced
0: in that month while I was living in Thailand. With no shoes. Man, that's awesome. (laughs) Now, can you tell us what is the one place, in your opinion, that people in North America have the biggest misconceptions about? That travel is expensive. We are not a travel country. We are a
1: vacation nation, right? We go to the resort. We go on a cruise. We go to Paris for a week. uh, But we stay in nice nice hotels and cruise ships and resorts. And we do expensive tours. And overall, we vacation. Um, And there's nothing wrong with that. I like a good vacation as much as the next person. Sometimes you just need to tune out. But if you want to go to Paris for that week and just see Paris, you can kind of get out of that mindset. You got to basically do everything you do back home except in Paris. You got to go shopping at the grocery store, eat at the market, hang out in the park, take public transportation, uh, find free museums and events, and just live, not just relax. Uh, I think there's a difference between vacationing and travel um, in that we view travel as a vacation, but that's not always the case. Though so a vacation could be travel, um, one, of those, one of those little things.
0: Yep. I think I heard it on the Tim Ferriss show. It's uh, best for you to maximize your experience by going to a city and just getting lost and finding your way, right?
1: Right. If you want to go see and experience Paris, go wander around and get purposefully lost. Uh, And when you do that and when you get lost, when you take public transportation, when you go to the market, you stay at an Airbnb or a hostel, you you end up saving lots of money um, because you're out of the big tourist infrastructure that is designed to maximize how much you spend. You yeah, everyone goes to all these like expensive restaurants when they travel. It's like, oh, travel leisure is ten best places to eat in Paris, and they're always expensive. Nobody eats there but tourists um and so that kind of all that stuff just takes your
0: money. yep, give me the street food right that's that's kind of what you're looking for that local fare right
1: yeah when, when you switch your mindset a little bit, you can. Find that the world is open to you um, in a lot more affordable way.
0: Absolutely. Now, Matt, uh, you didn't you didn't really answer the question that I asked, but I didn't want to stop you because uh, the content you gave us was great. Now, I what I wanted here, what was um, excuse me, I'm kind of butchering this, but what was the one place that people in North America have the biggest misconception about? Can you talk about that a little bit? Or? Oh, okay. I misunderstood the question. Oh, no, that's fine. I'm going to add that one in, too. That was great. So <laughs> I think people in
1: North America have misconceptions about pretty much everywhere in the world. So I wouldn't say there's one place that, um, you know, I mean, look, people call Africa a country, right? So, <laughs> you know, my mom still worries about drug narcos in Colombia, and Nicaragua, you know, that was over 20 years ago. Um, I, once had a, I was once telling people about Estonia, and they're like, well, do they even have internet in Estonia? And it's like, yes, because it's 2016, yes, yes, they do. Um, so I, I think people in North America, especially in the United States, have misconceptions about pretty much everywhere. Mostly because we don't cover the world in our news media unless it's in a negative light. And when the the next story breaks we move on. So we just have lasting images of places always cast in a negative light. After two thousand three and the Iraq war it was like everyone hates America. You don't go anywhere. They're just gonna, you know, yell at you and they're gonna hate you and I never found that to be true. People Get animated talking about the war and had serious questions about the Bush government. No one was like, You're an American, I'm gonna gonna hate you, I'm gonna like stone you. And you know, I never felt any anti Americanism, even as I traveled to Europe. And you know, that was a pretty, that was like the hotbed, you know, they all hate us over there.
0: Now, I'm going to be jumping around here a little bit. I want to extract as much value as I can from you, Matt. I want to ask you, what is the one thing, besides like your, your toothbrush and your passport, what is the one thing that you take with you when you travel that you simply can't do without?
1: A good book. On my next trip, I'll be taking Zen and the Art Motorcycle Maintenance, Meditations by Marcus Aurelius, Uncontainable, the story of the container store, Story by Robert McGee on, on writing, probably a couple other ones I usually take a stack I go through a book or two a week when I'm traveling
0: good stuff good resources for our listeners there now I want to get back to your actual journey why is it so great to be Matt Kepnes
1: same reason it's great to be you I mean you're alive you're you're doing doing things I don't think it's I don't think it's great to be me any more than it's great to be anybody else. I mean, I like my life as it, as it is. You know, I, I've built a business around something I love—travel. I get to see the world. I get, you know, everyone's quote-unquote dream job. But I have friends who wouldn't want my lifestyle. You know, no matter the money. Um, you know, they love their nine to five, their accounting job, their family. They don't like moving. You know, their idea of vacation is or travel. You know, like the, the thought of getting on a plane like horrifies <laughs> them. So I, I don't, I don't really believe that it's more awesome to be me than in any way, than it's just awesome to be you.
0: Good answer, man. Love that. Now, talk more about your business and how you connect with your audience. Can you help that aspiring entrepreneur understand what it means to really gain some traction out there in like a really noisy and cluttered social media and marketing landscape? You
1: know, one great tip that people can do to rise above the noise is to go outside your industry. You know, If you go to industry conferences with people who are just other entrepreneurs or other marketers or other travel bloggers, you're just in an echo chamber, and everyone is just going to be like you. So why are they going to feature you or work with you? They're doing the same thing. But if you go to a conference or an event where you're the only person doing travel, suddenly you're unique, suddenly you have something different to talk about, and there's an overlap. You know, If I go to a financial conference, a lot of the people there are into saving money, right? And so not a lot of travel people go there. So by default, I become the travel guide for all these other people. And it's a lot easier for me to connect with them and find opportunities to, to do partnerships. Because suddenly I'm not speaking to my peers. I am speaking to a whole group who doesn't have a travel guy. And then I can be their travel guy.
0: Yep, those finance guys still need to uh, quote unquote vacation or travel, like you said, right?
1: Mm-hmm. Exactly. So you, you know you want to find industries where there's an overlap. Uh, you know whether it's finance or health, travel really overlaps with everything. You know how to save money, how to stay healthy on the road, or how to shop traveling. You know how to fashion and travel. I mean, there's so much overlap you can do. Uh, but you always want to look for like-minded in industries where there is that sort of Venn diagram overlap uh, and be their person. Get out of your industry.
0: Absolutely. Now, Matt, you talk about traveling cheap in your book, uh, How to Travel the World on $50 a Day. Can you give us two or three um, of the really overarching tips about traveling cheap?
1: Uh, well, we already talked about one, which is you know, changing your mindset. And I think that's very important because a lot of people – Or I was like, oh, I don't have the money to travel, or it's too expensive. But one, if you don't stay at expensive places, it's not expensive. Two, you know, oh, I I don't have any money to go travel, but I'm just going to go buy this TV. You know, it's all about priorities. You know, I had a friend explain to me that she just couldn't afford to go travel, but she just bought $300 sunglasses. Um, Well, you know... (laughs) You can take a lot of flights for 300 bucks. You know, and then more practical is travel like you live. You know, when you're in Paris or London or Sydney or Hong Kong, take the public transportation, don't stay in hotels, don't eat at fancy restaurants all the time, go visit free museums and markets and the street stalls. If you travel the way you live, you're going to spend a comparable amount of money. And most people don't spend a ton of money in their day-to-day lifestyle.
0: Yeah, it makes sense when you get out there. Uh just don't uh don't do an all out blitz with your cash and trying to do all again those expensive touristy things. So what are some of the quote unquote luxuries that you've cut out when traveling that it turns out you don't really miss? Like you talked about a couple of them already, but are there any more that uh kind of stick out in your mind right now?
1: Well, one rule I always have is I pretend that fancy restaurants don't exist. Yep. You, know, you can on the high end of the spectrum, right? if I want to pay money in pretty much any city, I'm going to be able to find good French food. Right? So if I'm in Paris, I mean, everything is French food. right? But if I want that like, super exp- awesome luxury meal, you can get that in, in North America. I'd rather stick to the local market. So I pretend all those restaurants that get recommended that are like, hundred bucks, they don't exist. Find me the street stalls. Find me the markets. Um, I also don't eat within six blocks of a tourist area because it's usually half as good and twice the price. So you want to sort of get out of that radius. Uh, I think food is pretty much where budget's going to die uh, besides drinking. Drinking is where budget's going to die too. But if you can really cut down your food costs,
0: your alcohol costs, you're going to save so much money. Great advice. Now, I'm going to shift here a little bit. Matt, are there any influencers that you follow online or otherwise for your own motivation and inspiration?
1: Yeah, you know, I really like Tim Ferriss. I mean, who doesn't like Tim Ferriss? Yep. (laughs) Um, Ramit Sadie is also good. I like uh, Jonathan Fields. In the travel writing world, I read a lot. So authors like Rolf Potts, uh, Bill Bryson are really good. I like uh, Elizabeth Gilbert, she's a great writer. Marie Forleo, she's another online entrepreneur
0: that's really good. Uh, Pat Flynn, has,
1: I like his podcast. Smart Passive Income. I follow a lot of people.
0: Now, give our listeners something actionable, whether it's at home in Austin or on the road. What are you doing to wind down after a long or stressful day?
1: I read for about an hour, and I'm in bed pretty early, like nine, 10 o'clock. So I usually stop working around five or six. I read, I have dinner, I usually watch Netflix, and I go to bed.
0: Do you love to win or hate to lose and why?
1: Do I love to win and hate to lose? I think everybody loves winning. I mean, success is, you know, it vindicates and justifies your actions. But failure is also a good learning, um, good learning tool. I mean, you learn more when you fail. So failure and failure is not a negative. It's just one way something didn't work. So you've tried a different way. You know, I mean, in, in my marketing, you know, there's lots of A, B tests I run and many times those don't work. And I'm like, all right, well, that, that stinks. I thought this would work and it didn't, but at least I learned what not to do. And you sort of refine things. So failure is also a great teacher. Um, winning justifies your actions, but I, I don't like winning all the time because then you, you learn less.
0: Yeah, and I think uh, those A-B tests specifically actually uh, welcome failure just to see exactly what doesn't work, right?
1: Yeah, exactly. I mean, you have to learn what doesn't work. It's like that Edison quote, you know, I, I didn't fail. I just found a thousand ways it didn't work.
0: Yeah, love it. Now, boil this thing down. Matt, talk to that corporate exec, that corporate employee, or just that person looking to travel the world. What is the one piece of advice you'd give to that person about just going for it like you have?
1: Uh, well, you hit the nail on the head right there. Just go for it. Uh, you know, as I said earlier, you're going to work till you're dead, right? So why not enjoy the good years? I mean, have fun, do things like don't work to live or sorry. Live to work or, you know, basically don't overwork yourself Uh, because, you know, nobody looks back and says, man, I wish I spent more hours in the office, (laughs) right? Or I wish I had spent less time with my kids and more time doing TPS reports, (laughs) right? So nobody, nobody says that. Nobody ever says that. So just go. Go take that break. You know, go just even if it's just for six months, you know, I mean, there'll be a job. If you're good at your job and you're smart, uh, you'll find work again.
0: Matt, I love the office space reference. Thanks for that. One of my absolute favorite comedies. Uh, Now, you've got a captivating and compelling blog. You've got your New York Times bestseller, How to Travel the World on $50 a Day. Matt, if people want to learn more about you, your business and your message, how can they connect with you?
1: Uh, so I am very well-branded at nomadicmat, so nomadicmat.com. Email is matt at nomadicmat.com. Facebook, Instagram, Pinterest, everything is at nomadicmat. Uh, so you can really find me anywhere if you type nomadicmat. And if you have a question, you want some help, I, I respond to my email quite frequently. So.
0: He'll respond personally. Love it, man. Thank you so much for taking the time with us today. Thank you for joining us on Bidzy Small Business Society. You take care.
1: You too. Thanks for having me.
0: Bidzy.com is the website that connects customers and respected local businesses. Customers list goods or services they need and businesses bid on them. Customers, if you're looking for a service provider or a local professional, go to Bidzy.com and post your projects for free. Businesses, if you're looking for new customers or a way to expand your customer base, sign up for your 30-day free trial today at bidsy.com.